Today on the podcast, we have a friend of mine, Sarah Mack. She's a hairstylist out of California, out of the LA area, and she is an educator for Lonza as well. I was in Santa Monica, California, and she graciously drove down. We sat down. Here is my interview with Sarah Mack. Sarah Mack, welcome to Touch the Line Podcast. You've been you've been uh, hounding me that I haven't put out many episodes. So thanks for staying on my back. And here we are picking it all picking it all up again. Yep, I know where you've been. Where you been at, Evan? I've been busy. I've been busy. It's been. Uh, I don't, I'm just, I'm making excuses at this point. So, yep. You know what my favorite saying or quote is actually, we can just jump right in with that. Yeah. What is it? Excuses are the nails that build the house of failure. Oh, bummer. (laughs) I'm building a house. I'm going to tear it down. (laughs) So tell everyone who you are from California. How did you're in the hair industry? So give us a quick snapshot of who Sarah Mack is. A quick snapshot. All right. Well, I am a hairdresser. I always knew I wanted to be a hairdresser actually since I was in high school. I don't even know if you know this story. You might. And my parents actually, my dad in particular, kind of wanted me to be a doctor Um, because one time in my life I said I wanted to be a pediatrician. I love kids. And so they actually didn't really let me go to beauty school right out of high school like I wanted to. So the deal I made with my dad was that if I went to college first, got my bachelor's degree, and then still wanted to go to beauty school after, then I could. And so it was the summer before my senior year. I went to school at UC Santa Barbara. And I was getting my bachelor's in biology because that's the prerequisite for med school. And I was taking this like prep class and um, for the MCAT because my dad's like, just take the MCAT, just see like maybe you'll get into med school. Are you enjoying any of this? Or are you just like, I'm wasting time because I want to be a hairstylist? Um, well, I lived at the beach, so I, I couldn't complain that much. Like lived like on the ocean probably. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't the worst experience. (laughs) And actually my college roommate, we are still like best of friends, like one of my soulmates, like she is my person. So I don't regret any of it because I learned a lot from it. I learned a lot of key skills actually for hairdressing. It sounds weird getting my bachelor's degree. And a main one is time management, to be honest. And I feel like a lot of hairdressers in our industry kind of slack on time management or we kind of as an industry as, as a whole like have a bad rap when it comes to we're always running behind right so there's definitely skills I learned there so looking back everything happens for a reason I'm a firm believer in that now but yeah at the time I was a little pissed but I'll, I wasn't as pissed as my dad when I called him to tell him I'm I'm really competitive I grew up playing sports so Love the name of the podcast. I was like, oh, I actually know what that means. <laughs> yeah, very few people in the salon industry, they're like, what is that? Yeah, because I played basketball, right? So like doing all of that. And so I uh, was signed up for the MCAT and I was doing pretty well. I was a good student and I called to tell him, like I couldn't intentionally bomb the MCAT, but I knew if I got a score, he would make me apply to med school. And I just wanted to go to beauty school. I just wanted to finish my senior year and go to beauty school. So I no-showed the test. 
so I didn't have to bomb it. A hairstylist, future hairstylist, no-showed. Yep. Oh, I could get on a, a, my soapbox of hairstylists that apply at our salon and then don't, don't show, show up. up. I'm like, I'll see you on Instagram in a couple of years complaining about no-shows. Karma. <laughs> <laughs> so you no-showed the test. I no-showed the test and then finished my senior year, moved back home and went to beauty school. Yep. And then I, um, I do love kids. So I knew I wanted a kids young. And so I actually, I have two daughters And my first one I got pregnant with while I was in beauty school. And then I got started in my career, assisted for two different um, men, both amazing hairdressers. And so I got a really good foundation uh, assisting for them at different salons. And then at my second salon, which was the big commission salon I worked in for almost 10 years, I had my second daughter. And then when she turned one, I was just like, ready for that next step. And I always enjoyed like when educators would come into the salon and the um, boss I worked for at the salon was a director at a manufacturer. And so he got me into education and I became an educator and man, that was awesome. I love it. I'm still doing that. So I can't believe I'm at the 10 year mark, actually. 10 year mark of becoming an educator. So oh, nice. 2012 is when I got into education. And I just figured that out the other day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 10 years in. That's so weird because it feels like yesterday. So yeah. And then I came to Lonza in 2017, I think. Um, and I came for the people. And if you've ever experienced our culture at Lonza, you would totally understand why I'm saying that. And so I came for the people and I just, it's been amazing. Yeah, so right now we are recording this in Santa Monica and I'm out here for an event that Lonza does. They'll bring in just some random salons and it's to hear, I'll talk to them, especially on the first night because they're just like, what is going on? We have cocktail hour and I'm like, hey, tell me what you're looking for in a product brand. It's the same stuff. They're looking Mm -hmm. for support, communication. And I'm in my head, I'm like, check, check, like Mm -hmm. Lonza. They do that and they they put all their chips in on the relationship. And the educators, you guys still, those core values mm-hmm. go into the education side as well. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah, it all trickles down for sure. And that's probably like why, why I'm still with the brand. So yeah, it's been an amazing ride. Haven't regretted anything. It's been awesome. So you went commission and now you are working... You have, what do you call, You don't you have a fancy name for it? No, just a studio. I have a okay. studio. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty fancy, but yeah. that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so you work by yourself. Yep. Unfortunately. Are you introverted, <laughs> extroverted? I would consider myself more extroverted. I definitely need um, downtime in between to recharge. But yeah, if you ask anyone, I'm probably more extroverted. I think everybody has capacity for both, but I definitely lean towards outgoing. (laughs) What were some of the big changes going to commission to going independent? I mean, I mean, first and foremost is like taking care of everything on my own, you know? So like scheduling, like having to wear all the hats now. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when I was in my salon, which my salon was amazing. It was a 30 chair salon. And most people think that's insane. We had the best team. 
ever. It was so awesome. And I loved, and like, yeah, it was just really cool. But everything was taken care of for me. My booking, my checkouts, ordering product, like everything was there. I just got to show up and be an artist, um, which is what I really thrive on. So similar to you, like, ugh, paperwork, like that's the one downside (laughs) of like doing anything for me, like, especially like, you know, when I have to submit receipts or like fill out my paperwork, I am the you worst. You have to submit receipts? Oh my God. I'm notoriously late. I'm not the worst, but I will literally, we have 30 days to turn it in and I'll tr- I'll do it on the 29th day. Oh no. Like when I'm traveling, yeah. I, if it's like a Lonza event and yeah. Lonza's taking care of it at the, when I get my parking pa- ticket. Yeah. I take a picture of it that night and then I send it in that night. Yeah. Oh no. I'm getting (laughs) better. I have to like get, it's it's like compartmentalized. I just have to like move it out so I can like move forward. Cause sometimes I can get those, that expense report will be like a hurdle, like Mm -hmm. a wall. And I can't, and and I'm just like, I just got to move this out of the way. Yep. I'm getting better. So like, I just got back from a job, two jobs last night. Um, so I was in two different states and I just got gas on the way here. I was like, okay, I have to get my gas receipt so I can get that out of the way. And I already took the picture of it. So everything's ready to go over to the computer. But yeah. My- so all the paperwork, handling all the stuff. Yeah, just handling everything and not being able to just walk in, enjoy time with my clients. So I would say that's the first um, thing. And then also like, again, I am an extrovert. I thrive off energy of other people. So then becoming, um, independent and just being by myself with my clients. And I love my clientele. I'm not one of those. And when I did transition, one of the great things I did do for myself is I only took the clientele that I like I more enjoyed. Oh, you think they're listening to this? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've dwindled it down even further. But when I moved from the salon to my studio, I did really focus on. So that was the one good thing that I did for myself. Another thing that was really challenging for me because the other part of my studio is it's attached to my home. So I didn't set that boundary of hard hours. Right. And I'm just like, oh, you know, oh, you want to come over on a Sunday? Like, sure. Oh, Oh, you want to, you know, like I didn't get out of, get out of hand quick. Yeah. That was a hard transition for me setting those boundaries. I'm like, those years are gone. I'm definitely like, these are the days and we're sticking to it. So that was a hard transition, but yeah, taking the clients that I really enjoyed, um, that was a good thing. But I don't get that creative energy anymore from my coworkers. Right. So that's a really big challenge, I think, especially if you thrive off of others or if you're not motivated, like self-motivated to go get continued education, you can fall easily into a rut almost. And like, yeah, you might be making great money, but I know personally as a hairdresser, that is not typically the first thing that makes us tick. It's the creative, it's the energy, it's the communication, it's the heart, it's all of those things. So yeah, that's the challenge with coming independent. Do you feel, I'm going out on a limb, the Lonza educating team and being a part of that kind of fills that void of like, 
you're not like, I'm by myself all the time, 24 yeah. seven. It's like, okay, I have a team that I'm a part of. Yes. A hundred percent. And, uh, if I, I tell my classes all the time, cause when I do my opening for my classes that like, if I didn't have that, I literally probably would either go find a salon to be back in or quit doing hair <laughs> because I, I know I would burn out. Like, so that's the hard part is just being with your clients. We love them, but I just don't want to be only with them. You need the creative flow. Right. Too, so. And if you're listening to this and you're Sarah Max former guest, then <laughs> you didn't make the cut. <laughs> that, that you can't, you answer the question I was going to ask is mm-hmm. what if someone's out there and they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm in the suite or I'm working at my house or mm-hmm. I'm by myself. There's still ways to be a part of a team. It could be educational. It could be getting a group of people in, in the area being like, hey, like let's get a Facebook group. Let's meet for lunch. Let's meet for coffee. Like once a month, just yeah. so you can actually have, you know, uh, that community. Mm-hmm. And if you have questions, I'm like, my gosh, like in our salon, people are constantly in the back going like, well, what would you do with this guest? What would you do with that? Yeah. So do you see your, do you find yourself in yeah. situations where you're just like, oh man, it would be great to bounce this off someone. Yeah. You're going out to the guests like, should I do this? or that? Yeah. And hopefully you know, they have someone for me, I do have my Lonzo peep. So like just last week or, um, I text Leah cause I was like, Hey, here's her hair. Now here's the color we're going for. I didn't even say what I was thinking. I was like, I just want to see like where your head's at, like b- right. to bounce that off of. Um, and we were really similar, but it is just nice to get that like other perspective. And I would challenge people and digital is great. Um, and I love it. And Facebook groups, are okay. <laughs> I have mixed feelings on them. I'm talking about a small Facebook group. Yeah. I, but I would encourage people to meet face to face. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or get together or like, and you have to set the intention, right? Because life spirals out of control quickly. Like we're in, in October already. Oh, you're pressuring me to release yeah. this soon. Yep. <laughs> That's why I didn't say the date, Evan. <laughs> encourage people to kind of ask themselves, like if they're not enjoying their work behind the chair and they are independent, kind of think about like, okay, well, what could be contributing to me not feeling fulfilled behind the chair? And more than likely it's because you aren't getting that connectivity to whether it's like other people in the industry or like, like re-inspiring yourself. And that's what I love about education um, is that you're like, when I go teach a class, it's interesting because I will get re-fired up, right? Like I'll typically learn something from someone in the class. And so that's how I kind of like keep that spark and flame going and prevent burnout. I appreciate you opening up on the real, real of being independent because it's something that I feel like the commission side talks about, mm-hmm. but the independent side doesn't really talk about like, yeah. hey, there's a lack of community mm-hmm. um, and there's ways to to do it. So I appreciate you speaking up on that. So a while back we were chatting and about this passion that is ignited in you to help our industry and help uh, stylists in the industry. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think coming up in this industry... You know, I kind of came up in the days when it was 
honestly, I think harder. Um, and people, well, it was harder to assist. It was more like a hardcore, like, yeah, you need to like take this abuse and earn your right and make it, right? Which some of it is okay. Not all of it's bad. And even today, like I see some younger stylists where I'm like, ooh, you need to earn it a little bit more, you know? But I don't want to be in, like, I think there's a nice balance there. And so, yeah, I think that should be the goal of anyone in any industry, right? That you're coming up in. Eventually, you're going to get to a spot where you should be turning around and lending your hand out and helping the next generation. Right. And so what I see too is when I was 33 around, I was transitioning from one manufacturer to another. And I call it the best and the worst year of my life. Probably, it's probably being a little dramatic, but <laughs> professionally, education wise, I I did not like where I ended up. And I was stuck there for a year. And so I got really into personal development. And that's kind of where my personal development journey really kicked into a higher gear. I always um, came up a little bit, like my dad always listened to Zig Ziglar and he's he's yeah. in real estate. And so he's always had a real estate coach and he's always, you know, done all of that personal development in his industry. And so I've always been around it. But that year when I was having a really rough professional year, I got into my own personal development and just kind of refocused on myself and tried to figure out like, okay, where do I want to go from here? Because this is not it. And well, funny enough, when that contract had en ended, that's when I came to Lonza. Oh. Uh-huh. And I actually was going to quit education completely and Anyone that likes me, they can thank Mark Dolan for me being here. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Shout out. Yeah, because I almost quit education completely because, I, it, yeah, it was just rough. And so Mark got me to come over. And like I said, I love it here. But I, I that journey kind of kicked off. And so, I don't know. I'm almost 40. So are you, Evan. <laughs> just so fun, funny story. She was talking. She's like, yeah, you turned 40. <laughs> next year. And I was like, what? No, I don't. She's like, uh, and I was like, I'm not turning 40. She's like, you were born in 83. <laughs> we're the same age. Yeah. I'm like, oh shoot, I do. Yeah. So I know one day at a time, big four Oh, but one you're not day. even 39 yet. So you still got more than a year. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, but yeah, so I, um, I realized with hairdressers, right? Like, cause I was that typical hairdresser that led with my heart always, right? It wasn't about the numbers and I didn't like selling product and <laughs> like, you know, like all those things. And when I really sat down and kind of looked at like why I thought all those things or those paradigms, um, those were my paradigms or my stories or however you want to look at that. It's because I believe in general, like hairdressers, we kind of feel like we're the black sheep, typically of our family. That's what I found. And I mean, a lot of people have self-esteem issues, but I feel like hairdressers in particular have a pretty low self-worth. And so we get taken advantage of a lot mm -hmm. and we're givers and we're empaths. And so we take on like people's problems. And so, yeah, I really would love to help hairdressers kind of 
regain that power back and like, like truly see like their self-worth and the power that we have in our industry as a whole, but like what we do for our communities, for people and yeah. Yeah. Because they might just feel like they're the only ones going through it. Mm -hmm. And I think in any situation, a lot of people think, well, I'm the only one going through this. And once you verbalize it and put it out, you're like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. we're, there's other people going through what I'm going through or what I'm thinking about. Yeah. And so I, I love that you have that, that passion to help others. Yeah. And I'm still going through it too. So, you know. Oh, you haven't got it all figured out yet? No. You know, it's, it's baby steps. And I, uh, you know, I've been wanting to do this, but then that imposter syndrome creeps in still. So I am still a work in progress. I mean, I think we all are constantly Mm -hmm. and I know I will get there eventually, but yeah, it's, uh, it's always a work in progress and just, yeah, getting back to believing in ourselves. My, me too. Like I have to, too. That's probably why I haven't started very much. (laughs) Let's talk about time management. So if an independent stylist is uh, listening to, or just anybody, mm-hmm. my God, like time management was something that was hurting me so bad. And yeah. I didn't realize it, uh, because I just couldn't, I would, I wasn't hitting my potential with all the hats that I'm wearing mm-hmm. as a, a dad, a husband, a business owner, um, business owner in the salon and in coaching. But once I got my time management and found out what are my priorities, and what are some things I need to let go of? Mm-hmm. So when 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 did you when did you figure out time management was something that you're like, wow, I should probably focus in on that. My friend has a saying: change happens when there's a crack or a crisis. Yeah, right. So it's like it was like kind of one of those crisis moments where I was on the verge of burnout, to be honest. And it's just like, or like my kids were having a meltdown, and I'm just like, okay this can't happen every time I'm about to go out of town. So where that's kind of how it came about, right? So trying to figure out exactly like you said, like what are my priorities and what are my goals? I think that's where you need to start too. Like within each area of your life, right? Which if you just broke it down into three is usually financial health and family or relationships. Right. And so- when I say yes to something, is it contributing in the direction I want to go in those three areas? But you have to figure out first what those goals are, right? And then if it's not, you know, it is like that cliche saying, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So, you know, trying to figure out like, okay, is this pushing me towards my goals or away from my goals? And um, that's kind of how time management started to develop for me. And it, that too is a practice, right? Kind of learning because you're not going to just all of a sudden be like this, like, oh yeah, I'm not saying yes to that. Like it definitely is a learned skill, but you just have to keep practicing. And as time gets on, you get firmer in your decision making there. Yeah. You got to just get disciplined. I believe a lot of leaders would lead better if they just got their time under control. Mm -hmm. Because we're all dealt the same amount of time. Right. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are dealt the same amount of time as us. And I'm sure they have a lot more going on mm-hmm. their schedule than 
than I do. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't have time to do X, Y, and Z. And there's there's times where I don't do stuff. It's not because I don't have time for it. It's because it's not a priority. Mm -hmm. How do you do time management? Because that's something that's, that as a stylist, I mean, you live and die by a calendar. So what have you done with time management with your guests and boundaries maybe? Yeah. Be in there. The thing with time management is that you have to keep down your distractions. So obviously in today's world, it is very easy to become distracted. And when we don't stay focused on our goals and you kind of like, like there's literally, you know, everything at the touch of your hand. Right. And so if you're constantly like picking up your phone, like have you ever tried those apps like where you get locked out of your phone for a certain amount of time so you can like focus down? That stresses me out. Yeah. Like in everything, like you are in a good spot, right? But if you were finding yourself a lot of the times being like, I wish I had more time, I would challenge you to really pay attention to how much time you are spending on your phone or Netflix or whatever. So people always think I'm crazy because they'll ask me if I've watched something and I'm the worst. You've probably asked me if I've watched something and I'm like, literally, no. Even I took a break from my personal social media for almost a year, just about. Good grief. That's a long time. I know. And I was fully on it every day. Um, But I mean, you know that I have my other one, my car one. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I do spend time over there on my car one and I'm slowly coming back to my personal. But just, I don't know, like I work or I'm making dinner or I'm doing laundry or homework with the kids or whatever it is. And then, yeah, I crash. I'm crash out. I don't know. Yeah, I I love it. I think, you know, you have it under control. And yours, well, let's, I wouldn't say you have it under control. You're a work in progress. Yeah, always a work in progress. And what you are doing works for you. What works for other people Mm -hmm. is going to be different. But I think we could all agree we spend way too much time on our phone. Yeah. there's an app or a setting in your app. Does yours automatically send you each week? Like, Oh, the time. Yeah. The time, Mm -hmm. which I don't like because I think it's social media. They actually factor in Apple music. Oh, really? I know if something strange, I was like, my God, I spent this much time. And then I look and they factored in Apple music. Oh yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm doing much better than I thought. Yeah. I have music (laughs) on all the time, but. Yeah, everything, you know, some people need Netflix, like they want to, or like, I shouldn't just say Netflix, but TV or something like that. Netflix is a sponsor of the show, so we have to use Netflix. (laughs) To um, decompress. And I completely understand that. I'm just saying, if you're binging, you know, hours on end every single night and then wondering why you don't have enough time or why you're too tired to do whatever it is, you know, like clean your salon or work out or, you know meal prep or whatever that looks like to create healthy habits to have longevity, then, you know, that's where you got to kind of do a little digging. I love that. I saw, I think it was on Facebook, ironically, that it says, maybe you have anxiety because you've been watching seven years of murder mysteries. (laughs) I was like, that's me. Yeah. Uh, I love a good documentary, crime documentary. Oh, yeah. So it just, I just unplugged. Like you said, I just, I quit thinking about everything I need to do and Mm -hmm. just get engulfed. I got to make sure, is that a priority? Is that moving me towards 
my goals in life? Yeah. And, um, I would probably say most of the time, no. Um, but it's a disconnect. So yeah. sometimes it's like, you know, especially after I get done doing a workshop or coaching yeah. visit, I get on the plane with the intentions of like, I'm going to like do some work, do some mm-hmm. follow-up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to sleep <laughs> or, <laughs> or watch a movie. Watch yeah. a movie. Like I'm just going to zone. I meant to uh, fall asleep when I came out here and I, uh, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Can you sleep on planes? Oh, easily. Easily. It's so easy. I got this magic jacket and I put it over my head and oh my lord, just pass out. But yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite Lonza product? Ooh, gosh, smooth down, hands down. It needs to go in a bigger bottle, Brandy David. But it then you could travel go. with it. I do love some smooth down, uh, but I can keep a small bottle for travel. But it needs to go in the bounce up size. They need to keep that and get a bigger one. Mm-hmm. We'll send this to them. Um, because my hair, once it went blonde, yep. if I don't use smooth down, that's just all over the It place. looks really good, by the way. Uh, does it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're just being nice. I'm glad this is not. Trust me. Pro- I don't just say nice things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is a mu- musical artist that you would love to see? They could be dead or alive. Ooh, Tom Petty. Tom Petty. That mm-hmm. was a quick one. Yeah. Right. I regret not seeing him. I know. I do like Tom Petty. He's mm-hmm. got so many hits. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite? I can't believe I'm going to ask this. What's your favorite like movie? Like one that you could go back. Goonies. And, the Goonies, baby. <laughs> Love the Goonies. And you haven't watched Stranger Things? Never seen it. Oh, it's very Goonie like. You would. I I see the like advertising, and I can tell that it is like that. But no, and scary stuff's not for me. It's like, not scary. It's just well. It seems stressful. There's one scary scene in like the first episode, then it's not scary. And then maybe the last latest season, it would probably be a little. Creepy. Yeah. I am going to watch Hocus Pocus too, though, because I'm a big Hocus Pocus we, fan. We watched that the uh, other day. And I don't know, when you watch kid, we watch movies with kids, you see things a lot differently. Yeah. And I swear, if they said virgin one time, they said it a hundred times. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for our kids to be like, what's a virgin? And uh, they actually make fun of it. And Hocus Pocus too. Oh, like, really? Yeah, kid ask. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, your kids are a little younger than mine. But yeah, right right when I got home from work last night, my 11-year-old's like, can we watch Hocus Pocus too? Will you watch it with me? Because they know I don't watch movies. And I was like, absolutely, I will watch that with you. All right. And if you couldn't live in California... Where, and it would have to be in the continental U.S. Where where would you want to move? What would be your second place? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it'd be hard to go anywhere besides California because the snow definitely wouldn't do the south because the humidity. Oh, I you, know. I mean, you get used to it. <sighs> no. I'd probably stay west coast. There's this actually in southern um, Oregon. There's a spot in southern Oregon that I would maybe go to. It just rains. I don't think any anywhere else I could live full time. Yeah, I can't do cloudiness, rain. That yeah. would that would drive me insane. Yeah, me too. So, well, hey, thanks for uh, driving. You drove like what an hour to get here? Yeah, it's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, in California, it, it's in LA. We drive everywhere. That is true. So thanks for driving uh, down. How can people find you? What's your uh, oh, what's your you Instagram? Can find me at Sarah with an H Mac Original. On Instagram. Sarah Mac Original. Make sure you get the H in there. They get very particular about if there's an H or not. That's so. why I just go by Mac, Mac, honestly, because there's so many Sarahs. 
There are. But yeah. there's only one Sarah Matt. So there is only thanks one for being Sarah on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me.